Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. When we read in this parable house... Are we talking about building over here in Palm Bay or West Melbourne or Melbourne? No, we're not talking about that. We're talking about our life here on earth. So it's a spiritual house, and it's your house this morning. The title of the teaching is A Well-Built Life. So when you see house, it's not a four-story, you know, whatever, and three houses and four bedrooms and 12 bathrooms. It's your life. Now, who's the architect of your life? It's God. Throughout the teachings of Christ, we read several times that there are those who deceive themselves. When comparing the Christian life to that of a non-believer, we should notice a stark contrast between the two. Rather than a mere profession of faith or a one-time event, the Christian life is filled with constant growth and change. In today's edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark discusses this crucial aspect of the Christian life. In our study, we expand upon the teachings of Jesus and just what it means to build our house upon the rock. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with part one of his message entitled, Your Final Destination, A Well-Built Life. Sermon on the Mount, the greatest sermon that was ever preached. It's very interesting that as he does that, we don't get this big rah-rah at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. We actually get warnings. Jesus gives us warnings. And it's all about one thing. It's about our destination, our eternal destination, our final destination. In other words, when we die... Why the warnings? Because of these two things. First two things to write today. Every person will live forever in one of two destinations. Jesus knew that. It came from heaven. He saw Satan sin and fall. And because of that, a hell was created for Satan. So Jesus warns us because he knows that you... And you have to put yourself in the teaching today. It isn't talking about somebody else. You're not saying, well, this is a teaching from my neighbor. No, every single one of us will spend forever in one of two places. And the second thing, the reason for the warnings, it's because it's, well, it involves your choice. See, where you spend eternity is your choice. It's not somebody else's. It's not your family. You can't say, well, my mom and dad never went to church, so it's their fault. No, you accept that responsibility. God never takes away one thing from us, and that's free will. He gave that to us. Now, this last week, 
There was a tremendous series in the USA Today for five days, Monday through Friday. And it was all about people, well, living long and living healthy. In other words, how, how we could do really good and what are some of the secrets for living a long life. On Thursday, they had all these older people, over a 100. And uh, here's a little video of uh, just a snapshot of three of them. They were all over a 100. And... Uh, one of the individuals you see, he's got in his hand these little wooden birds. This is uh, Robert Hickman. He's a hundred, and he says, "I stay, I stay sharp by carving birds and and being happy." And they ask him his philosophy of life. You're over a hundred. What secrets can you give us? And I thought, well, this is great. I want to see it. So here's his here's his uh, philosophy for living. He says, I believe if you wake up, if you stand up, if you look around and know who you are and where you are, now that's a good day. (laughs) You know, with Alzheimer, you wouldn't even know who you are. So this is a good day. It's an incredible day. It's pretty simple, isn't it? You wake up in the morning, you go, hey, I am alive. Is it a good day? You say, well, I'm 22. I don't get that. You will. Oh, you will. But there's something missing from this philosophy. I changed it. You'll see what I've added. Look at I believe if you wake up, if you stand up, if you look around and know who you are and where you are, and you know where you will spend eternity when you die, now that's a good day. When I looked at those people, here's the question that came across me. Has anyone ever said to Clarence, Do you know one day you're going to die? And it's not just about here. Does Clarence have a clue that he's going to one of two destinations? You see, typically if we do, there would be something about that in our philosophy of life. But Clarence, like many others, maybe you today, you never think about eternity. It's only here. Well... Maybe no one has warned this man about eternity. That's exactly what Jesus is doing. He's warning us today. You're going to spend somewhere forever. It doesn't matter if you're 100, 110, 112, 117. When you die, where will you go? So don't look at God's warnings as bad. They're good. They're for us. Now, I want you to picture this egg timer. We don't see a lot of those anymore, but this is an egg timer. I want you to picture this egg timer as kind of a picture of eternity. After you die, and you're going to be in one of two places, so am I. After you die, let's say in here, and I don't know how many there are, there's probably 500,000 or a million grains of sand in here. I don't know how many there are. But let's say after you die, and you're in eternity for a million years, do you know that not one grain of this sand has fallen yet? Not one. Wow, best of my guts. That's a long time. Yeah, we don't even comprehend it. So, is all we're going to think about is here? That when it gets to the bottom and time's over, hey, it's over. No, no, no. Jesus says, whoa, 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 time out. I'm warning you. Eternity. It's millions and billions of times longer than a hundred years if you even make it that long here. So 
so start thinking about it. You see, the Sermon on Mount is all about being different. And Jesus was speaking to three groups of people. We have those groups of people right here today. Notice this, and I want you to write it. A follower of Jesus, a real Christian, is to be different from these other two groups, religious people. We have a whole church system in on the United States and the world of religious people. They go to church today, you're here. Some of you are religious. You're not a follower of Jesus, you're, and you, this is who Jesus is going to talk about today. I'm just going through the motions. And you're here, but I'm glad you're here. And then he says we're to be different not only from the religious, which specifically was the Jewish leadership in that day, but the irreligious. You might also be here today and, well, yeah, we're going to spend eternity in one or two places. I don't believe that. We're either dead or everybody goes to heaven or I don't believe in a God. That's fine. You're searching. And, of course, there's many people outside of that. So in this context... Jesus gives us a wonderful parable. He's going to speak about the difference. He always uses contrast. We begin in Matthew 7, where I've asked you to turn, verse 24. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Now the rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had... Its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. Then the rains came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Look back at verse 24. Therefore, See, when Jesus taught this Sermon on the Mount, you can read the Sermon on the Mount in about 20 minutes. So he didn't take weeks like we've done to go through it. And so verse 24, there wasn't even a verse 24. It was just a whole context of teaching. It referred back to something he had just covered. Well, what Jesus is referring to is since you learned this principle in a second ago, this is how the story applies. So what did we learn last week? Maybe some of you weren't here. Let me remind you. Verse 21 is what Jesus is referring to. He says this, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, on Judgment Day, will enter the kingdom of heaven. We talked about that last week. All kinds of people profess they're Christians with their mouth, but they're not. Jesus says, Many will say to me, Lord, many, but he'll say, Only he who does, only he who what? Does, only he who does, only he who does, only he who does. Sick of it, aren't you? (laughs) That's the whole premise of his warning. You say you're a believer, but you don't follow it by doing the things I've asked you to do. And because of that, only he who does the will of my Father is in heaven. So you can say what you want, but you'll not go to heaven. Say, Pastor Mark, let's get on to something that's important. Are you kidding? There's nothing more important. That's why Jesus warns. He says people are deceived. And so he begins with this incredible principle of, well, since that's obedience is the key, here's what an obedient lifestyle looks like. Since hearing the word and doing the word is how the life pattern looks, 
Let me show you in a little parable contrast between somebody who, who does and somebody who doesn't. And we begin. Now, to understand this parable, let's look at the four keys in it. And then it'll be very simple. You don't need to write this down. You'll be able to understand it. When we read in this parable house, are we talking about building over here in Palm Bay or West Melbourne? or Mel- No, we're not talking about that. We're talking about our life here on earth. So it's a spiritual house, and it's your house this morning. The title of the teaching is A Well-Built Life. So when you see house, it's not a four-story, you know, whatever, and three houses and four bedrooms and 12 bathrooms. It's your life. Now, who's the architect of your life? It's God. He designed us. He made us. He has a purpose for us. That's why the Purpose Driven Life was such an incredible book, because finally people could say, well, wow, God does have a purpose for me. Yes, he does. And if you're going to build a house, you have to have blueprints. Well, what are the blueprints? Well, you're going to hear all during Jesus' teaching. It's the Word of God. It's the Bible. That shows us how to build our life, how, how to do life right. And then storm is different. I'm kind of sick of the word storm, aren't you? <laughs> I don't know how long the Greek alphabet is, but I know alpha and omega. If we ever get to omega, well, let's just take us home right now, Jesus. <laughs> But this storm is different. This is not about a storm in your marriage or a storm of health or financial storm. This storm is our final judgment after death. We'll talk more about that. So it's not about a storm you're having today. We all have those. And there is some application, but it's really about a storm. In other words, the judgment of God. When I stand before God, I'm going to either be at the judgment seat of Christ or the great white throne judgment. And I'm either going to heaven or hell. That's the storm we're talking about. So, with that understanding, with that picture, let's begin with the two contrasts of builders. In these verses, Jesus called the first builder foolish. And the reason he called him foolish is because he or she chooses the easy way and the popular way to build their life. They live life their way. God's really not in the picture He might be, but he's kind of on the sidelines. Now, realistically, most of the world doesn't know what Jesus taught. They don't have any idea what the Bible teaches. Thus, they can't obey the word, as this parable talks about. So they just simply build their lives, and many of them are good, moral people, kind, and they just simply build their lives what seems right and sensible. But in this passage, this foolish builder is not one of these people. We have many wonderful people. I have many in my neighborhood, so do you. Many of you have classmates, workers, that just describe the first thing I I said to you. Well, they kind of maybe believe they're God, or maybe they don't, but they really don't have much part to do with any kind of church. Once in a while, they'll drop by church or whatever. It's a religious deal. But they're on the outside. They're not going to be around here. That's not who Jesus is speaking to. The foolish builder is someone who sits in this church, in our churches. So notice the two builders, two things you got to know about them. Both are in church and both listen to the word. So in our parable, the, the foolish person isn't somebody outside that's an atheist. And I don't want anything to do with God. I don't care about God. That's not the foolish person. The foolish person is someone that sits in our services week after week after week after week, maybe come regular or irregular. But when you're here, you, you hear the 
in this church and many other churches, you hear the word taught, you hear it, you hear it. You listen to Bible studies, you watch Christian TV sometimes, you hear the word of God. So it's not people that are outside of the church kind of realm, outside of the teaching of the, of the word. They hear the word. That's the foolish one. Well, how do we distinguish between then foolish and wise? Pastor Mike, in this, in this building, plus many other churches, we have, we have foolish builders that are going to end up disaster, and you have wise builders that are going to end up wonderful. Yeah. That's why the warning. That's why you need to listen up. How are you building your house today? Boy, I think I'm doing okay. That's why the warning. Not from me, from Jesus. You see, he knows how long eternity is. Well, the next builder is called wise. Why would God call a builder wise? Well, because this person knew that a foundation was the key to the building. They build God's way. They build, you'll see what that foundation looks like in a moment. They build God's way. They're in the church. They build God's way. So notice the contrast already in this simple three verses. One is called wise, one is called foolish. Understand, if you're a real Christian today and you live according to the Bible and you do the things in the Bible, the world will call you a fool. But God calls you wise. You want to pay attention to what God calls you. Now, let's look at the two foundations. Jesus was... A carpenter, so he knew foundations. We know what foundations are here in the world. Especially if you come from California, you definitely know what foundations are. Especially if you build on that mud stuff on the edge. But in Florida, we kind of know, don't we? We have sand everywhere. And so Jesus talks about these two foundations. A foundation is, well, it's essential. It's what holds everything up. It's what holds everything together. Some of you have been to Italy, and you're familiar with this picture. The leaning tower of Pisa. Well, it just reopened after being closed for 12 years. You see, during that time, engineers spent $25 million renovating it, trying to stabilize this tower. They removed 110 tons of dirt and reduced the lean about 16 inches. Now, when you look at that, you say, well, what was, why did they even do that? Because it was tilting more and more and more and soon to collapse. Well, why did that happen? If you look at it, was like the design bad? Was the marble cheap? Why was it going to topple? No one reason. And what was that? The foundation. It was sand. And they had to change that because it was going to absolutely collapse. So that's exactly in our story what Jesus is talking about, just a modern-day version. So when you see a sand foundation, what does that mean spiritually in our lives? It means this. Hearing the Word of God, but not obeying. So in your Bibles, if you like to write, you could just say sand equals disobedience. Jesus is talking about people who are even sitting there listening to him, people in our churches today, who listen to the teaching and think that's all they need to do. They're filled with information or head knowledge, and they don't need to obey. They're deceived. 
And I won't look at anybody this morning, so I don't have my eyes open. That's all right. I can tell you in this service, because I can see you, not all of the time I can see, because I can't see people's hearts, but I can see lots of people. And I sometimes I walk around your worship, and I can tell. See, many of you have deceived yourself. You're here this morning, and here's how you sit in the service. Teach me something worthwhile, would you, man? Put a joke or two in. This is boring. Or during worship, I watched some of you today. Yeah, we're going to get done singing about this God stuff. You just sit there. Look at the bulletin. You're deceived. You're totally deceived. See, you think by sitting in the church, that makes you a Christian. That's no different than going and sitting at McDonald's and thinking you're a Big Mac. (laughs) What Jesus is saying is, listen, listen, people are hearing. Oh, you're hearing now. You woke up now, you're hearing. But will you do something with the hearing? If not, it's a waste of time. You wasted your whole life, and the end result is terrible. This is why the warning. You see, we have so many people that go through the motions. Well, I'm familiar with this. You know, my background is at hospital pharmacy. And when you get a prescription, let's say you're sick, and you go to the doctor, and after he goes through all the tests, he gives you a prescription. Three things can happen with that prescription. We used to do studies on this. One thing, you can take the prescription, you go to the pharmacist, fill it, and then you take it. That's what you're supposed to do. Many people take the second option. They get the prescription, they go to the pharmacy, they fill it, but they... Never take it. How did you know that? Don't even get me started. (laughs) Why would you spend the money? (laughs) And it sits. Or you take it for two days. Oh, I'm better now. And you got diabetes. Yeah, right. (laughs) Or high blood pressure. My blood pressure is down today. I don't need my medicine anymore. You don't understand blood pressure is lifelong. (laughs) Or the third option, even worse. You go to the doctor. You pay 150 bucks. He writes you the prescription. You put it in your pocket. And you go home. And you never get it filled. What do I call those people in group two and three? What do you call them? (laughs) Foolish. It's no different than you coming here. Every six weeks or so, you'll show up. It's my time to come to church. Wow, praise God. And we laugh. But you're going to spend eternity in hell. Pastor Marius, man, you had an extra hour of sleep. You really rough today. (laughs) You had an extra hour. You can take it. No, this isn't me speaking. This is Jesus. This is Jesus. So he says, sand in a house built on sand is going to be destroyed. It's, it's collapsing. It's greatly destroyed. It's your life. What's the next foundation? Rock. Well, when you come to a rock foundation, in other words, if, you're, if your life's built on a rock, you're going to make it. Many of us have been deceived at some point in our lives, but how many of us recognize it when we deceive ourselves? In today's edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark expanded upon the teachings of Christ that warn us about self-deception. In our study, we learned the differences between a mere profession of faith and a healthy, continually growing relationship with the Lord. Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. 
To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5, and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The Bible teaches us that we're to be doers of the Word, as opposed to simply hearers of the Word only. In our next message, Pastor Mark will teach us how our salvation isn't based on head knowledge, but rather a life of transformation and growth from the Word we take in. If you've been living a life that merely sets aside a few hours a week for God, then this is the message for you. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through the Gospel of Matthew. That's next time on Lessons for Living. in a hurry.